Welcome to The Grinning Possum, a podcast about poetry, old-time music, geography, history, and interesting people who put their hands to work. I'm your host, Morris Manning. If it's homespun, homegrown, or just plain down-home, we tend to like it. We cover everything from leather breeches to thunder mugs, pokeweed to polecats, and a heap of critters in between. We can even promise the occasional shoeless ditty and witty oddity. Our aim is to go from this to this. From a plain and simple beginning to something lovely most any raw materials can make. Each episode pokes around a corner of Appalachian culture and tradition and wraps it all up in a frolic. As one old timer liked to say, if you've got an itchy ear, just listen at this. And that's all you have to do. Today we're on the front porch of Penn's store in the vicinity of Gravel Switch. And Penn's store is the oldest continuously operating country store west of the Appalachian Mountains and it's been in the same family for 180 years. I'd like to come here and rock in a rocking chair on a wooden porch because it makes such a wonderful sound and it seems to be a sound that belongs to the other sounds around us. We're also, oh, about 50 yards from the North Fork of Rolling Fork River, which is one of the prettiest bodies of water around. Thought we'd come here today and read a couple of poems and maybe do a couple of songs. So here we go. This poem is called Knowledge is the Sop. When Lyd Tolly was still a boy, unformed, unable to decide if tying a string to a June bug was anything he wanted to fool with, he was in the spot of having to do what he was told by his loving granny, who was raising him and making sure he'd be prepared to meet the world as a man and not live in it hard as so many tollies before him had. She insisted Lyd should call her woman, and had a strange manner of speech. I wonder what Lyd wants for supper, she'd query, as if Lyd was somewhere else. Then Lyd would say, he wants a biscuit and something good to sop, and he hopes woman won't make him go to school. Then woman would say, that Lyd, he's sure in a stitch about going to school and him with a little run of a mind. You'd think he'd want to improve himself, that shank-pokety flustered stump, and not give woman so much grief. This was a familiar debate. Woman was inclined to offer Lyd a future and was convinced that book learning would likely forge the skeleton key Lyd sorely lacked and thus unlock the feeble mind between his ears. It would have to be a sizable key, woman reasoned, because at present a duck could waddle through the keyhole and waddle out again unnoticed. Lyd much preferred to sit in a chair he called the rickety rain crow caller because it croaked just like the bird and called a rain crow now and then to a treetop for a gabby visit. It seems like Lyd could work a broom on this old porch, woman said one day, instead of squeaking in that chair and looking cockeyed at the trees. They's dust enough to smother a cat. Well, Lyd has never taken a shine to work of any kind, and working a broom has always been for him 
an aggravating undertaking, Lyd said and shifted in his chair. And that's because, woman added, the little giblet thinks a broom is something to jab instead of sweep. Why, a turtle could better handle a broom than that clabber-headed idiot Lyd. And another truth that's failed to dawn in the desolate mind of Lyd is to work a broom with any fluke of success, you have to hold your mouth just right. Well, Lyd, Lyd said, has never approached the subject by putting the broom in his mouth. Woman, she sighed, was only making a comical expression, but Lyd has all the wit of a bent nail, and his mind is numb to common humor. It must be said, Lyd's education was little enhanced by his roundish teacher, appropriately known as the Pooch, who preferred local geography as a subject of interest because he made white mule whiskey on the side and had to know his way around. If Lyd keeps going to school, Lyd mused one afternoon from the scritchy comfort of the rickety raincrow collar, the pooch might make his mind to swim with the glories of turning out a moonshiner. Enamored by the prospect of sitting in the woods with a bushel of corn and a barrel and a shotgun fetched across his lap. Woman, the kindly granny said, would be right pleased if anything could cause Lyd Tolly's mind to swim, thereby confirming its existence. But knowing where he is in the world that the earth is written out to sea can only help him find his place. And that would satisfy the woman who has resisted wearing out the peach switch on his hind end more times than she can count because it fell to her to raise a boy whose mind is plainer than a biscuit and has yet to realize that knowledge is the sop and the sop won't ever end. All woman wants is to see Lyd Tolly comes striding up the hill one day with the spark in his eye, and she'll remark, Quit picking your toenails, woman. Your darling boy has come back home. And Lyd will smile and tell her, Woman, I've sopped a God's plenty of knowledge, and I aim to sop a plenty more. This whole wide world is all a school, yet I've come back to sweep your porch. A chore I shirked in younger days, but a tolly likes to set things right because I've learned how to hold my mouth just so when it comes to working a broom. And work, when you do it well, is a pleasure. And I wouldn't want the dust up here to smother a cat or be the cause of dread concern. So here I am, woman, your boy who sopped up knowledge, a chastened prodigal returned with his newfound talent for the broom to give your venerated porch a meat-revivifying sweep and let you know you raised me well. If a fine-lid tolly came to tell me all of that, I'd pinch myself and call the angels to take me home, knowing the little shoat I raised had a mind inside there after all, and he's learned to use his naughty head for something besides a hat rack. I am thinking today of that beautiful land I shall reach when the sun goeth down. When through wonderful grace by my Savior I stand, will there be any stars in my crown? Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown? When at evening the sun goeth down, 
When I wake with the blessed in the mansions of rest, will there be any stars in my crown? In the strength of the Lord, let me labor and pray. Let me watch as a winner of souls. That bright stars may be mine in the glorious day when his praise like the sea below rolls. Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown when at evening the sun goeth down? When I wake with the blessed in the mansions of rest, will there be any stars in my crown? What joy it will be when his face I behold, living gems that to lay down. It would sweeten my bliss in the city of gold, should there be any stars in my crown. Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown? When at evening the sun goeth down, when I wake with the blessed in the mansions of rest, will there be any stars in my crown? Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown? When at evening the sun goeth down, when I wake with the rest in the mansions of rest, will there be any stars in my crown? Here's something else to listen to. This is a gourd grown last summer and it's dried out now and has dried seeds in it. it makes a pretty good rattle. Gourds of course have other purposes and the poem I'm going to read now features long dipping gourds that are sanctified one might say. This is called The Living Waters. Pudge Sandlin was a leader when it came to growing dipping gourds, and he rigged a woven willow trellis that reached to the top of his barn for the vines to climb up 30 feet or so. Because, he said, a gourd vine that's self-respecting likes to climb and stretch out proper to see the world. So the mighty trellis Pudge erected was a helpmate to the vine's ambition. By the end of the year, it was not uncommon to see dipping gourds as long as a man, festooning the trellis hitched to the barn, and thanks to gravity, the gourds grew straight as a man of rectitude. You've got some fine upstanding gourds this year, I told him once. I'd say you've beat out Jonah, Pudge, on gourds. Funny you should mention Jonah, he said. Now, a six-foot dipping gourd is a mite impractical unless the water you're trying to reach is sitting yonder at the bottom of a tall bucket. But even then, it would be cumbersome to handle a six-foot gourd and get the dipper to your mouth without spilling some water, and no one likes to waste good water. Well, I sure don't, I said. But I'd say a six-foot dipping gourd will provoke a pleasant conversation or two. Now, that may be, Pudge Sandlin said, but a couple of these I'm holding back to let them cure for Preacher Jack. 
and what will preacher do with them? He's just a little nub of a man, I pointed out. Pudge pursed his lips. Mm, you know felly grubs? Why, sure I do. One of the sweetest women ever. Well, preacher says Thelly's decided to surrender her life to the Lord come Easter. That sure is happy news, I said. Well, it ain't for preacher Jack, Pudge said. Jack says Thelly weighs 400 if she weighs a pound, and already he's worried how a little man like himself is going to handle Thelly when they're standing in the creek and it's time to lay her back and dunk her down. He's afraid she'll drag him right on top of her, and that is not what folks expect to see at a baptizing. So I suggested to Preacher Jack that he could lead Thelly Grubbs down the bank and have her squat in the water. Then he could take a dipping gourd or two and wash her sins away, but she's so big around, Preacher will need a dipper that's got some reach. It might not be a full immersion, I told Preacher Jack, but these here gourds are long enough to reach a woman too big for the consecrated pool in the creek, and they'll drench her through and through, and everyone will say, you might as well have dunked her the way she beams. Why, it's plain the living waters have run all over her and gone down deep. You've been listening to The Grinning Possum a podcast from Kentucky. If you like what you've heard, please share it with a friend. Thank you kindly for your time and keep it in your pouch. The Grin and Possum podcast is written and performed by Morris Manning. The show is engineered and edited by Steve Cody and is funded with a grant from the Kentucky Arts Council, the state arts agency, which is supported with federal funding from the National Endowment for the Arts.